It's Thursday, January 17th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hell, joining me in studio today. Bill Mann is here, and thank goodness. Good to see you. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm I'm good. Uh, so yesterday, uh, middle of the day yesterday, I said, "Hey, why don't you come on the show tomorrow? You haven't been on in a while." And then five or six hours later, we all get the news that Jack Bogle has died. Yeah. yeah. And so we come here today not to mourn Jack Bogle. I think we come here today to celebrate Jack Bogle. And and you've started out the exact right way. And you and I have had the opportunity to meet Jack a number of times and. I did what one would do when you meet someone who is, oh, I don't know, for example, picked as one of the hundred most influential human beings on planet Earth. I called him Mr. Bogle, right? Yes. And he's immediately, no, sir, no, sir, you call me Jack. Yes. Right? So you're starting off the right way. You call me Jack. So, yeah, we're here to, uh, to celebrate what Jack Bogle has meant to, I mean, really. To America, I was just going to say to, to every investor. I, yeah. was, I was jotting down some notes this morning, and one of the things I realized when I was thinking about Bogle, I'm gonna, I'll get, for those unfamiliar, I'll give a little bit of background in a second. But uh, just know that uh, you don't have to be a Vanguard investor to have benefited from Jack Bogle and his life's work. Yeah. All investors have benefited from. Uh, for those unfamiliar, or, or those, as I, I indicated on Twitter yesterday, for those who are just seeing this name trending on Twitter, and for some investors, it's like, oh, I think I've heard of that guy. Oh, yeah, I think I know what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the uh, quick and dirty on, on Jack Bogle. Jack Bogle, uh, as a young man, goes to Princeton, graduates magna cum laude, writes his senior thesis on mutual fund investing. And I believe, if I have this right, he he hints at indexing yeah. as a way to invest. In his thesis. In his thesis. In, yeah, in 1951. In, yes. Yep. Um, cut to uh, 20-some-odd years later, uh, where he's into his investing career, um, 1976, he starts Vanguard yeah. uh, in Pennsylvania, and introduces creates the first index mutual fund the first mutual fund just just saying just going to follow this index because he's done the work he's done the research he's seen what the fee structure is and he says you know what here's a low cost way for people to do well to match the market's return yeah and it's one of those things that when you hear it now it doesn't seem revolutionary this was completely disruptive I mean, all the way down the line, everyone had always been told that you need a professional to manage your money, and the professional is going to make decisions that is going to help you. The problem is that the math didn't didn't bear it out, right? Uh, you know, so and and you alluded to this, and I think that it is a really really important thing to note about about what Jack Bogle has meant to investors everywhere is that Jack Bogle wasn't an efficient you know market theorist. Like he didn't think that you know he didn't think that stocks you know if you structured them this way were going to do better than anything else. He had a very simple theory, which was this: costs matter. Right, so everyone is going to do across the board the market average minus what they pay to have it done for them. As you said, it was completely upending at the time. Yeah, disruptive. He wasn't called that at the time. This was a disruptive technology. Well, and you and I were joking before we started taping this morning. Jack Bogle, as beloved. As he is here at the Motley Fool, the outpouring of support, you know, tributes coming in from all corners. 
not loved on Wall Street no. because Wall Street had created a business structure that was very beneficial that included yachts, <laughs> decent yes, yeah. de- decent sized fees. Yeah, and so as you know, the the, the quote uh, from Jeff Bezos that's been uh, trotted out on any number of times where Bezos years ago said, "Your margin is my opportunity." Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really the approach that Bogle took. Uh, and I don't think I don't sort think, of yeah. I don't think he came at it from a malicious standpoint or from the standpoint of I'm going to take down Wall Street. He just came at it from the standpoint of I'm I'm going to try and do right by investors. And the way I'm going to do that is here's this in one here's this index fund. Two costs are going to be much lower. Yeah. And over time, once you start to do the math on not the count not the compounding of returns, but the compounding of the costs, and then you see oh. The difference in a one percent fee—that's all that matters. Just if if a fee is one percent higher, if you're uh, compound uh, that, yeah. If, yeah. Well, if you're if you're a guy in a suit on Wall Street, and you're saying, well, it's just it's just a two percent fee, or it's just a one and a half percent fee. It's like, yeah, yeah. But that adds up over time. Here's how crazy and here's how revolutionary this was. And uh, when Jack Bogle decided, you know, with Vanguard that they were going to launch an index fund, they needed data. And this maybe, you know, maybe I'll get into the weeds just a little bit. When you run a mutual fund, you have to buy your stock quotes because there can't be a defect, and they are very, very, very expensive. You know, percent, you know, basis points out of your, you know, out of the fees that you pay to a mutual fund goes to. S&P or goes to MSCI or Dow Jones whomever manages the you know the the data that you're getting when Jack Bogle approached Standard & Poor's in the 70s and asked them for the data for the S&P 500 it was it was literally what do you want that for Right, and so he said, "Well, you know, we're thinking about doing this product, and so you know, we 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 need to get the data." And they said, "All right, um, we'll give it to you. How does how does seventy thousand dollars a year? How, how, how's that sound? To, you know, and and he's like, "That's great. Can I have the you know? Can I have a contract?" And so the contract for the Vanguard data feed from S and P in perpetuity. Is seventy thousand dollars a year because they didn't see any value in the data they were giving. They just didn't. <laughs> they didn't get it right. So they've made up for it. You know, charging everybody else. <laughs> I just love to imagine when someone at S and P figured that out, and, <laughs> yeah. and as you said, as you said, it was like, well, we're not making that mistake again. That's right. We're not going to do that. Um, just to put some numbers behind it, nineteen seventy six. Vanguard begins. They start the index fund, and in 1976, they've got about one and a half billion dollars under management. In 2018, Vanguard had 5.1 trillion dollars. It's kind of a lot under management. Yeah, and Bogle walked the walk in terms of long-term investing. Yeah, um, and so it's it's really re- remarkable to see. Also, just from a human standpoint. Dies at the age of eighty nine. Um, I believe he was sixty five or sixty six years old when he got a heart transplant. Yeah, he'd had his first heart problem. He had his first heart attack at thirty, and had heart problems his entire life. Was born with a heart defect. Got a heart transplant. I think it was. I think he was sixty five or sixty six, and 
literally after the heart transplant, ran the people who were around him into the ground because he had that much energy. Remarkable man to be around. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely remarkable. Um, not a particularly big man, um, mm-hmm. and we'll and we'll get to our personal interactions with him in a second. Um, but I think that you know, as I said at the top, you didn't have to. Be, and and I own uh, shares of a Vanguard S and P five hundred index fund. Yeah, um, you don't have to to have benefited because what he did in creating the index fund was he creates the market for. Index funds, yeah, and people start to think, well, gosh, maybe S and P five hundred. What about the Russell two thousand? And and that sprouts up, but then the unassailable attack on fees, <laughs> yeah. and and just the fact that fees have come down methodically over the last four decades. That's not by accident. That's Absolutely, because of what Jack Bogle started. Absolutely, in response. I mean, I you know, obviously, we weren't exactly investing in the early seventies, uh, you or I. But so you know, the, what the culture was like at the time is you know is is hearsay to us. But it is inarguable that fees and costs are a much higher. Uh, interest for the average investor than they used to be. The the average investor it used to be, well, you know, if I'm you know if I'm paying a little bit more, it's because I'm getting the good stuff. It's because I'm getting the good stuff, which is true across the board, except maybe in investing, right? Because it is really really hard for professional managers to beat the index, right? And the longer they go, I mean, it's. And you know this from experience. No. You can beat the index one year. Maybe you can do it a couple of years. It's really hard to do it over a long period of time. Right. And, and, stru- and yeah. the longer you go, the harder it becomes. The, and it's structurally so. And Buffett has said the same exact thing. You know, and and Buffett, I think you may, you know, a lot of people treat as you know as a uh, as investing royalty. Uh, I would treat Jack Bogle as an investing saint. Um, but Buffett will say the same thing. Like you know, there's nothing that impacts your success like a fat wallet. And in you know, when you run a fund, if you beat the index for a couple of years, what tends to happen is money comes flooding in, and then it's really hard to beat it anymore. I think one of the really other interesting things about about Bogle is he's a very proud man, and he really, really worked hard to make sure that his legacy was cemented as the founder of the index fund. So he he was he he was not in any way bashful about you know his contributions, but he lived in a modest house. He didn't get paid very much. It is really important to note how remarkable it is. The organization of you know that Vanguard is today is it's nonprofit, right? All of the money that they are saving, they pass on to uh, you know they pass on to their shareholders. They are truly shareholder first. You mentioned Buffett, and uh, and absolutely, I think when when people think in terms of to the extent that there's a Mount Rushmore of investing, they think well Buffett is is on there, and he probably is. He, in my book, he's not the first face. Bogle is the first face. Yeah, and and Buffett's yeah. probably on there. And, and what are the other two? Uh, you know, I, I would just say the other two are up for grabs. But yeah. the, but like, don't don't. Yeah, Keynes maybe. Don't. Yeah, but don't argue with me about Bogle being. No. <laughs> being no, and there. and I think that you know, for people who are listening, um, who are unfamiliar with Bogle, 
just you know in fact a really morning star put out a wonderful package about about bogle today you know morning star got their start recommending funds you know and and that is their you know that is their stock and trade in the same way that we tend to be more about stocks here at the Motley Fool their package of about bogle Tells you everything you need to know about how important he was uh, to individual investors. Whether you've ever bought a fund, whether you've ever bought an index fund. I'm going to be a little bit more self-promotional. The Motley Fool has also put together a package that people can read. Thank you. I know no, it's, it's really good. <laughs> on, on, yes, on Fool.com. Yes, as and, well. And, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> I apologize to my colleagues. We, you know, we have no, also, no, no. It's, yeah. it, I mean, as I said, there are tributes pouring in, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Um, on, I was watching a little bit of CNBC this yeah. morning. Um, uh, they were paying their respects as well as they should. Um, I'm going to share an interaction, but I want to hear one interaction you had with. And by the way, when I met Bogle for the first time, it was the exact same thing. Uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Bogle. Uh, call me Jack. And I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> I that can't. I can, but okay. Yeah, it's funny because I was, you know, I've especially as I'm, you know, entering my dotage, I guess. Like, you know, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I don't, I don't like being called Mister Man, but yeah, I, I think the thing that uh, you know, in my interaction with uh, with 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 Jack. Uh, that is, you know, that that's really most in my mind is when, you know, is when he came here and he saw that we in, in this office had named one of our conference rooms after him, and it's a very little thing, but it meant so much to him, you know, that this was something that we've done, and and you know, for people who don't know, all of the conference rooms in this company are named, you know, in in. Not all anymore, but you know, a lot of them are named after either famous investors or famous, you know, famous business leaders. And he was top of the list for us. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, just how much that meant to him, I thought, you know, was a, you know, was 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 a really neat thing. So I met him for the first time in 1999. It was in Los Angeles. I was with David and Tom Gardner. We uh, the Los Angeles Times was putting on a. A two-day investment strategies conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the heyday of uh, retail investing um, in the late '90s. A number of newspapers would put on these types of conferences, and there were a bunch of keynote speakers. Uh, Andy Grove, uh, co-founder and, and chairman of Intel, was one of them. Yeah. Uh, Maria Bartiromo from CNBC. Arthur Levitt, who was chairman of the SEC at the time. Uh, Bogle was one of the keynote speakers, and David and Tom. Um, had a keynote slot as well, so we're we're in the convention center. There, there's you know thousands of people attending this all day event, and I'm walking with David and Tom uh, through one of these large hallways, and uh, I, I must have had a, a confused look on my face because uh, because I, you always do. <laughs> I, I kind of always do, actually. Um, I mean, I come by it naturally. Um, so, so we're walking along, and David Gardner looked at me. He said, uh, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." He's like, "You don't look okay." I said, I, I, "I'm a little confused. Like, what? I, we're here. There are all these investors around. How come no one's coming up to you? I mean, you guys are featured speakers. I'm just a little surprised that none of these people are coming up to you and introducing themselves, or or just like looking to get their book signed or anything like that." And Tom Gardner, um, and both David, when David and Tom 
speak, they will often put on a gesture cap, yep. a belled gesture cap, when they're speaking at events like this. And so, uh, as we're walking, Tom holds up the gesture cap that's in his hand, and he just sort of like, you know, shows it to me. He says, "It's because we're not wearing the hats." Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all about the hats. If we were wearing the hats, people would recognize us. We're not wearing the hats, so nobody's going to recognize. Nobody ever recognizes us without the hats. And just then, coming at us from the other direction, this older, smaller gentleman points, and he's 50, 75 feet away, and he points and st- points in our direction and starts yelling, "Fools! Fools! Fools!" <laughs> and it was Jack Bogle, and he came over and he with just his like, booming voice, which his, you don't expect. You don't expect, and I was just like, "Oh my." God and came over and you know is they knew each other was very excited yeah. and uh, they introduced me and had an iron grip of a handshake and uh, and then the obligatory nice to meet you Mr Bogle oh please call me Jack and I was like I, I don't I can't I, I, don't, I don't think I can do that yeah you know the other interesting thing about 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 Jack Bogle is that he never, although he had a his intellect was something else. He never really in any of my interactions with him, he never really tried to like show off. Like he didn't feel the need to be the biggest, you know, the biggest guy in the room. Although once again, as you said, five trillion dollars in assets <laughs> under management, <laughs> under management is pretty good. Um, so I asked him one time, just because you know, and you and I speak quite a bit to the public, and you know, there's an art to it. And so I, I just asked him a question about his art. He said, "Well, the good news for me is that I get to give the same exact speech. I say the same exact thing, and I've been doing it for 40 years. So all I need to do is take that." And make it interesting for the person who is hearing it for the second or the six hundred and thirty second time. Uh, and I, I guess we'll just end on this because uh, we've been talking about the legacy for investors, uh, the the incredibly positive impact. As I said, Jack Bogle made us all richer, yeah. whether we invested in Vanguard or not. We're all richer because of Jack Bogle. Um, uh, but uh, as you said. Uh, could have made a lot more money, chose not to, yeah. um, but had a very rich life. Um, he leaves behind a wife, six children, 12 grandchildren, six great-grandchildren. What a life. And a huge legacy. So, thank you, Jack Bogle, for everything that you did and you've meant to all of us. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The market is closed on Monday for the MLK holiday. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Tuesday.